What is up guys? It is Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be jumping into my week 11 running back start sits, breaking down every single matchup, going through every single fantasy relevant running back and then listing them as either a start sit or a fringe option. If you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And if you guys have any fantasy questions, drop them down below. Could be start sit trade advice, waiver wire, I will get back to every single person. And then before I do jump into the uh, Thursday night matchup, I actually want to talk about a uh, pick em on underdog that I really like for that Thursday night game. If you guys sign up for underdog using code Quinn or the link in the description, they will double your first deposit up to $100. And the uh, line that I like in this matchup is the Robert Woods 34 and a half receiving yards. And I actually like the under on that one. It definitely seems like a pretty low number to hit. But when we're looking at Robert Woods this season, he hasn't gone over 26 receiving yards in the past four weeks. And then we have Traylon Burks who returned in week 10. We saw a big game out of Nick Westbrook Akine. And all season long, Robert Woods has kind of locked down the wide receiver one snaps. His route participation has always been very, very high. And even with that, you know, top tier route participation, he has still struggled to produce. So now you have, you know, the young rookie who they probably want us to get more looks at. You have him returning. You have, you know, Westbrook Akine having a big game. I don't think there's any guarantee that Woods is keeping his wide receiver one role. So, you know, we've already seen him struggle. I just don't know if he's going to be hitting that uh, 34 and a half number. So if you want to play that underdog fantasy football, but in that game, looking at the running backs, the Titans taking on the Packers, I think this is pretty clear on both sides. For the Titans, we're obviously going to be firing up Derrick Henry. And then for the Packers, Aaron Jones coming off of a big game. A.J. Dillon just has no weekly upside, no receiving work. He hasn't been able to get into the end zone. So Dillon is a sit, and then Aaron Jones is a very strong start. Now moving over to Sunday, we have the Bears taking on the Falcons. I kind of feel like this is a game that has like sneaky shootout potential, kind of similar to last week with the uh, Bears taking on the Lions. But looking at this Bears backfield, I have both Montgomery and Herbert as fringe plays. I think they're both on the lower end of fringe plays. Starting off with David Montgomery, he's honestly just been super underwhelming all season long. He wasn't someone I was super big on for fantasy coming into the season, but he has, you know, even underperformed what I expected out of him, you know, here in uh, 2022. This has been a full-on split of the carries between Montgomery and Herbert, and straight up, Khalil Herbert has been the more efficient runner. I know yards per carry isn't a great stat. It's obviously not perfect, but when the numbers are so, you know, starkly different, I think it's, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a point there. So Khalil Herbert has six yards per carry to David Montgomery's 3.8. That is a massive difference. And they continue to get Khalil Herbert more and more involved. We do see Montgomery, who has more of the receiving upside. His route participation is very solid week to week, but it just straight up hasn't led to much production in that area. As we see with a lot of the uh, more mobile quarterbacks, they're not as willing to take their checkdowns. I mean, you want to look at the offenses like the Bears, the Ravens, they're not thrown to the running backs. Even Josh Allen, you know, uh, doesn't take the checkdowns a ton. So that's kind of what you get when you have a quarterback that's more willing to extend the plays, um, especially with their legs and outside the pocket, like Justin Fields will do. So, you know, even though he's getting those opportunities, it's just not leading to extra points for fantasy. The reason why I do have them here as fringe plays is because this is a strong matchup against the Falcons. 
The Falcons have allowed the six most points per game to the running back position. So I like the matchups here. It does seem semi-likely that one of these guys is going to get into the end zone. Like when we're looking at this game, uh, you know, next week, I feel like one of these guys is going to have like a 70-yard rushing day. The other one's going to have 80 and a touchdown. And, you know, you're kind of just taking a shot on which guy is going to get that top production. And then on the other side with the Falcons, I know Cordero Patterson is coming off of a miserable game where we basically saw the Falcons use four different running backs, all, you know, with pretty poor results. I think with the week and a half off, Patterson, you know, now two games removed from his uh, knee injury, I think he's going to have a bigger role. This is a pretty solid matchup against the Bears. So I like Patterson as a start and then sitting Tyler Algier. Now moving into the Panthers uh, taking on the Ravens. For the Panthers, I really thought, you know, when CMC got traded, this was going to be a pretty strong committee between Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Now Foreman, I guess, did get a little lucky in terms of uh, Chuba Hubbard going down. But at this point, like Foreman has just been a monster when they've given him opportunities. So I think they're going to continue to feed him. I think Foreman is a very strong start. And then uh, sitting Chuba Hubbard at this point. For the Ravens, I have Gus Edwards as a fringe play. I'd expect him to return here in week 11, and I think he's going to lead this backfield. I do think it's still going to be a committee, but if I was going to be playing one of these uh, Ravens running backs, it would be Gus Edwards and then uh, sitting Kenyon Drake. Now we have the Browns taking on the Bills. For the Browns, we're obviously going to continue to fire up Nick Chubb and then sitting Kareem Hunt, who just has not been getting it done fantasy-wise. On the other side with the Bills, I talked about Devin Singletary as someone I want to be selling high on. And, you know, I'm sticking to that. I do still think he's a solid sell high, but I also think he actually has a very strong matchup this week and he's going to be listed as a start. As I talked about in the uh, sell high video, his snap share has been strong 72% last week, 64% raw participation. It's just led to underwhelming production at 11.3 points per game. There's always the risk he's going to potentially lose out on, you know, opportunities to some of the backups. But even if he just is able to maintain this role he has right now, going up against the Browns, who have given up the second most points to the running back position, I do think he can have a decent game here. So maybe if you want to wait to trade him, you know, I understand, or maybe you just don't want to trade him at all. But I think you always run the risk of kind of waiting and, you know, banking on a good matchup because just sometimes it doesn't pan out. The next game is going to be between the Commanders and the Texans. We just saw the uh, Commanders have a big win over the Eagles where they just, you know, grinded the ball out on the ground basically the entire game. So looking at the uh, Commanders backfield here, I have Gibson listed as a start and then Brian Robinson as a fringe play. Typically, I wouldn't want to be starting two running backs from a, you know, less than efficient run game on an offense that's typically not great. But they have a great matchup here against the Texans, who have been basically a run funnel all season long. I think Gibson is definitely the better play here because he has the receiving upside. But I do think Brian Robinson will get a decent amount of volume on the ground. So I have Gibson as a start and then B-Rob as a fringe play this week. And then for the Texans, continue to fire up Damian Pierce as a very strong weekly play. Then we have the Eagles taking on the Colts. Miles Sanders coming off of a down game. Miles Sanders is definitely someone who's going to get hurt by a deficit. If the Eagles go down early, it's definitely not going to benefit Miles Sanders. So we saw that, you know, against the Commanders where they were down basically the entire game. But I do still think he's a strong start here. I expect the Eagles to bounce back here against the Colts. 
On the other side, for the Colts, I mean, it looks like Jonathan Taylor is just back. He had his workhorse role. He looked great out there. If you guys held on to him, um, you know, there was definitely some risk with the injury, but you reap the rewards here because he looks like a locked and loaded running back one rest of season as long as he can stay healthy. In the next matchup, we have the Jets taking on the Patriots, a uh, divisional matchup here. Now for the Jets, I actually have both Michael Carter and James Robinson listed as sits. They're coming off of the uh, bye week, but if we remember back in week nine, we basically saw this backfield turn into a full-on committee between Carter and J-Rob. We saw Carter take 12 carries and one target. James Robinson had uh, 13 carries and then two targets, and they basically ran the same number of routes. Carter had a few more snaps, but it resulted in basically identical workloads between the two. Going up against the Patriots, who have allowed the second fewest points to the running back position, that's just not something I want to be messing with. So both of those guys are going to be sits. On the other side with the Patriots, we just have to keep firing up Ramondre Stevenson as a very, very strong play, probably an RB1. The man just continues to produce, even if it's not a great matchup against the Jets. And then uh, sitting Damian Harris at this point, who is clearly behind Ramondre Stevenson as a fantasy asset. Then we have the Rams taking on the Saints. And with the news of Cooper Cup having a high ankle sprain, I really feel like this Rams offense might be the worst unit in the league moving forward. This running back room is disgusting. We did see Kyron Williams make his, uh, I guess, appearance here in uh, 2022, but we got to be sitting Akers, got to be sitting Henderson and sitting Kyron Williams. I just think this is going to be a horrible offense to watch moving forward. And then for the Saints, Alvin Kamara coming off a back-to-back down games. I still think he's someone we're firing up as a very, very strong play. Then we have the Lions taking on the Giants. And looking at this Lions backfield, I think Swift honestly just looks cooked for fantasy this year. He's someone I was very high on coming into the season. And, you know, we can only hold on to the argument of, oh, he's injured. Once he's healthy, this role is going to expand. I'm going to be totally honest. He may be a little bit injured, but I don't know if this role is him being limited by injury. I think this is just how the Lions are choosing to operate this. Because I think last week or maybe two weeks ago, I just talked about how it was so stupid that they're using Swift while he's injured instead of letting him heal up. You know, it's not like they're in playoff contention or anything. Just let the dude heal up instead of playing him limited. And then the more we see this, it kind of just leads me to believe that this is what they're rolling with moving forward. Jamal Williams is going to be the early down grinder, getting a ton of carries. And the problem is that Swift hasn't even locked down like the third down work. This has turned into a three-man committee. We saw Jamal Williams take 25 snaps. Swift took 19. Justin Jackson took 17. So moving forward, Jamal Williams is definitely the only startable option. And it's just tough if you have DeAndre Swift because you know the upside of him being the running back one is probably a top five fantasy running back, but we just have no idea if he's going to get even close to that rest of season. So just a really rough situation if you do own DeAndre Swift. Now moving over to the Giants, Saquon Barkley coming off of a massive game. I think the dude had like 35 carries or something crazy. A good matchup here against the Lions. Obviously, you're going to be starting them every single week as a high-end running back one. Then we have the Raiders taking on the Broncos. We saw Josh Jacobs bounce back after a few rough games with a big game in week 10. So he's definitely going to be a start. On the other side with the Broncos, it's just a really gross committee here between Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, and then now Chase Edmonds is in the mix. So all of those guys are very, very strong sits. Then we have the Cowboys taking on the Vikings. It's honestly going to be a a pretty fun game there. 
For the Cowboys, I have Pollard as a start and Zeke as a sit. This is obviously going to be assuming that Zeke makes his return. We've seen Pollard just ball out in the two games without Zeke. I still think this is going to be a split when Zeke comes back, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zeke is kind of slowly reintroduced. Like, I don't know if they're going to toss him in there and give him his typical 15, 16 carries. With Pollard being so effective, they may kind of just, you know, slowly bring him back into the fold. So that's why he is a fringe play. I still think he'll have red zone upside, goal line opportunities. But, you know, I'd like to see him get back to that workload before I fire him up as a very strong start. On the other side with the Vikings, Dalvin Cook coming off of a big day, definitely a start, and then sitting his handcuff, Alexander Madison. Then we have the Bengals taking on the Steelers. For the Bengals, nothing crazy here. Obviously, we're starting Joe Mixon with the Bengals coming off the bye. And then for the Steelers, this is a gross, gross situation here. Basically, we're looking at a 60-40 split between Najee and Jalen Warren. Najee Harris had a uh, 60% snap share. Jalen Warren was sitting at 42%. We saw Najee Harris dominate the early downs, and then he took the uh, two-minute drill snaps. On the other side, Jalen Warren is dominating the third downs. The rough part here for Najee Harris is that these two running backs actually split the goal line snaps. That's not good for Najee, but he just kind of continues to put up fringe top 24 running back production. It's like every week he's sitting between eight points and 12 points, So he's never doing anything that you're super excited about, but he's also never really tanking in your lineup. So I think you can continue to start him as a fringe play, but definitely someone you're not excited about. And then uh, sitting Jalen Warren. Then on Sunday night football, a fun game here between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Now for the Chiefs, I have Isaiah Pacheco listed as a fringe play. And then I have Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a sit. So it kind of seems like CEH is just done in this offense. I don't even think he logged a carry um, in week 10. We saw Pacheco carry the ball 16 times, was not targeted. um, And Pacheco was the guy who came in and dominated the early downs. We saw McKinnon dominate the short yardage situations and then the third down snaps. The one thing that's just weird and annoying in the way this backfield played out is that I don't think CEH had a carry, but they had one goal line snap and CEH was in on it. So that definitely kind of limits any upside that we can see out of Pacheco and McKinnon if you know they're going to lead them down the field and they're just going to throw in CEH there on the goal line. The only reason I have Pacheco as a fringe play is that this is a great matchup. The Chargers have allowed the third most points per game to the running back position. So if you're going to give Pacheco you know, in the 15 carry range, I just have to believe he's going to be able to turn that into 70 yards and a touchdown, which is why he's here as a fringe option. On the other side for the Chargers, Austin Eckler locked in high-end running back one. And then in the final game of the week, we have the 49ers taking on the Cardinals. For the 49ers, I have Christian McCaffrey as a start, Elijah Mitchell as a sit. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who are very concerned about the uh, running back split here between McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. We saw Elijah Mitchell outcarry Christian McCaffrey 18-14, to and I'm a little, you know, less concerned than consensus here. I think this is only concerning if this occurs in a game where there's limited rushing volume. Like if they go down early on and there's like 15 carries between the running backs and we're seeing like eight and seven, that's not good. But if they're going to be running the ball 32 times, I don't need to see Christian McCaffrey take, you know, 32 of them. Obviously, if there are 32 carries up for grabs, you probably want it to look like 22 for McCaffrey, 10 to Mitchell, instead of like 18 to Mitchell, 14 to McCaffrey. 
So I definitely think that's going to limit his overall upside, but I think it limits his overall upside from, you know, so far superior to any other running back to maybe he's in the same upside uh, weekly as a guy like Saquon or Austin Eckler. Like CMC is the complete workhorse in this offense is probably rivaling, you know, some of his best seasons where he's given you like 27, 29 points per game. So maybe he doesn't have that kind of upside, but I still think he's going to be a very high end running back one rest of season. And I think Mitchell is someone who can be playable in favorable matchups. This just isn't really a great matchup here for the Cardinals. So without touchdown upside, or I'm sorry, without receiving upside and without really dominating the goal line opportunities, Christian McCaffrey still took most of those. It's just going to be tough to play him in games where you're not just expecting a ton of rushing volume. So McCaffrey's a start, Mitchell's a sit. And then on the other side with the Cardinals, this is why I you know, was so high on James Conner coming into the season. This is the guy I was expecting all season long. Unfortunately, he just got you know really messed up with injuries early on, couldn't stay on the field. When he played, he was limited. He is back on the field. He is healthy, took 96% of the snaps, 21 carries, three targets, Turn that into 23.6 PPR points. I think he's probably going to be a running back one moving forward. There are going to be very few running backs who have the workload that James Conner has. Like there's going to be a few of these top guys, probably like a Saquon, a few other guys thrown in there. But James Conner is going to have the workload. This offense is good enough to, you know, give him some touchdown upside like we saw in week 10. So I love James Conner moving forward as a strong start. And so that is going to wrap it up for every week 11 matchup. Hit the like button if you enjoyed. Go sign up for Underdog if you are interested. Uh, Code Quinn or link in the description. The wide receivers will be up today also. So go check that out. If you want to look at waivers, uh, trade targets, sell highs, those are up on my channel also. So as always, thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.